lose your life, gain your life. Okay, living in a godly system. So we mentioned just now, we need to die, not change. Okay, when we lose our life, we die, then we're going to gain. We're going to receive a resurrection life. So Jesus said, you have listened to the word of God, you have listened to my teaching. It's just like a man building his house. One built on sand and the other one built on rock. And uh, the wind come, the storm come. And when storm comes, that's the time it will test the foundation of the house. You see, when you go through a crisis, when you go through some problems, that's the time it will really test your foundation, whether you have built your life on Christ, the only foundation that we can build on, or whether you have built your life on the philosophy of this world, the values of this world, whether you have identified with Christ or you are depending on what people say about you. You're depending on uh, 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 your position. You're depending on your external wealth and achievement. All this is going to be reviewed when you go through a crisis. And that's why some people, when they go through a crisis, they stop coming to church. They say, now I've got lots of problems. I have no time to come to church. Let me solve my problem. Then I come to church. You know who they are depending on? They're depending on themselves. Right? Oh, I'm, uh, you know, I fail. You know, I fail. So I don't have the mood to come to church. Wait till I feel better, then I come. You're depending on what? You're depending on your own performance to base your relationship with Jesus. You know, you, you have problem in church. And then you stop coming to church. You stop going to church. Or maybe you find an excuse to, 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 to go to another church. Why? Because you're depending on people to give you your worth. To give you the love and acceptance. Your foundation is not in Christ. Okay, so when we, we come into Christianity... Nobody has ever sort of really taught us how to live in Christ. So what we do is, you know, we were in a worldly system, right? We live in this world. It depends on our own performance. It depends on uh, our success and so on. So what happened is we come to accept Jesus. Nobody has taught us how. And so we brought along the same system, the same way into our Christian life. We depend on ourselves again, change. Depends on ourselves to live holy life. Depends on us, you know, our service, our ministry to please God. You see, because that's how we how we have been living in this world. And so we just continue in Christianity to live the same. And when we start to do that, you know something happened? It seems to work. 
our life really change. Not completely, but change for the better. You know, when we come to church, we serve. Oh, you know, people accept us. Hey, they say, well, well done. You know, good, and so on. Hey, we, we gain, you know, some feedback from, from that sort of uh, uh, works. And we feel good. And we thought, that's it. This is Christianity. But you know, when we function in this sort of worldly system, it only works when you get the feedback that you want. You get the praises that you want. You get the acceptance that you want. It only works when you get it. But when you don't get it, you know what happens to people when they don't get They say, no point. No point serving the church. You know, they don't appreciate me. They don't want me. You see, it's all about people. Whether they accept me, they praise me, they want me. It's not about Jesus. You see, that is living, using the worst system inside the church. Shall we call it a counterfeit system? You know, the difference now is this. We try, we try with our effort, but we ask God for help. It seems right. It seems right. You know, when we are serving, you say, God, help me to serve better. God, help me. You see, we are asking God for help, but who is doing it? We are doing it. We are depending on ourselves. We ask God to help us. So that's a counterfeit system. Working for our acceptance, working, you know, through our performance to, to, to determine our identity. But we're asking God for help. That's, that's a counterfeit system. Because it seems to work, but it only goes so far. But of course, a godly system is we're walking in the truth, depending on the truth, leading of the Holy Spirit, as in 3 John 4. Now, that would be a godly system where we totally trust, as, as we mentioned in the last session, trust Jesus and depends on Him and walking in Him, you know, depends on His Spirit, walking in His Spirit. That would be the godly system. But most of us begin with the counterfeit system. Because we brought it from the world into the church. But now we're asking God, God help me to change. God help me to serve you. God help me. It's a counterfeit system. And that's why you're upset. When you don't get the recognition you think you deserve. You get angry. You know, because that system only works when you keep getting the, 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 the praise, the feedback, you know, the acceptance and so on. It only works that way. But you know, the higher you go, it's getting harder and harder to get the praise from people. So it's getting more and more frustrating. Because now you're not getting the response like you used to from the very people you're trying to perform and impress. It's self-effort. So we go through a sort of wilderness experience, right? We try hard to please God. We try hard to, to reach God's standard. But we fail. 
We pick ourselves up again. Try, you know, we go around in circle. We try. It seems to be improving. You know, we seem to be getting better. But down the road, it's so hard. It's so so weary. It's so tiresome. We fail. So we 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 break and we start again. So we go around in the wilderness. But never seems to be able to please God. Never seems to be able to reach what God wants us to do. And that's where some of us are at, at this moment. Because we're living in the counterfeit system. You know, it's a humanistic approach to Christian life. We're still depending on our own self-effort, but asking God for help. Right, that's what happened to the Galatian church. They started off well. But then, down the road, somehow, they have lost their way and they have depended on themselves. Read Galatians 3, verse 1. Galatians 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, does God give you His Spirit and works miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you have heard. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. So can you see the Galatians is just like all of us. We started well. We believe in Jesus. We're so happy. Oh, Jesus saved us. We trust in him. But when we started, after a little while, we begin to trust in our own effort. We're trying to do the things that Jesus wants us to do, you know, in our own effort. Trying to reach the standard, reaching the goal by our own effort. And so we fall into the trap of the counterfeit system. But when we are in that trap, you know what happened? Then we hear the butcher's voice. You know, the butcher. And a shepherd are the only two people who deal with sheep. The shepherd takes care of the sheep, care for the sheep, lead the sheep. You know, the butcher, how do they take care of the sheep? They drive the sheep because the sheep doesn't want to go into the, the butcher's, you know, to be butcher. So they have to drive the sheep up there, you know. And so, for us, if we depend on our self-effort, you know, we hear the butcher's voice. You're not good enough. You've got to perform better. You've got to do more. You've got to prove yourself. You know, come on, you're a Christian. Come on, you should read more. You should pray more. You should do more. You should, you see, it's, it's all performance. And sometimes we do that. People who come to us with a weakness, with a problem, you know what do we do? Hey, you pray more. Lah. Read more of the Bible. We think that's the answer. So they go and read more, they go and pray more. What do they get? Nothing. Same result. You see? So we are trying by our own effort 
hoping that we will get out of problem. You know, we'll deliver ourselves. You know, read more of the Bible, pray more. Our faith is in, is in prayer, praying more. You see? So we're in that counterfeit system. We are teaching other people to walk in that. So we never enter into the fullness of God's power and blessing because we're depending on our effort. And uh, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Verse 2, For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now, we who believe enter that rest just as God has said. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. You see, when we truly believe in what Christ has done, we enter into the rest of God. Instead of striving, trying to prove ourselves, instead of, you know, striving, you know, trying to do more and more. Not that we are lazy, not that we don't work hard. But I'm talking about the motivation, the drive. What is, what is driving you to work hard? Is it a drive? Or is it you're motivated by love? You know, and the grace of God and the Holy Spirit is working through you and by faith you're working you know, harder because you believe. Or is it you're driven, driven to perform, driven to prove, you're driven to keep your relationship with God, driven to, to, to make sure God accepts you, you know, that He's pleased with you. So, if we believe, we will rest. We will enter into God's rest. And uh, what does it mean to enter into God's rest? Verse 9. There remain then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. You see, so when we enter into the rest of God, it says we stop from our work, our own work. That means we depend on His work. It doesn't mean that we don't work. It doesn't mean that we don't do nothing. It's just that we stop from our own self-effort, the striving, but it's His work that is manifest in us and through us. So breakthrough, how do we break through into this rest? By experiencing the cross life. In order for us to break through, enter into this rest, we have to experience the cross life. You know? So let's read 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who perish, but to us who are being saved 
It is the power of God. The message of the cross. That means die. Deny yourself. So that the life of Christ manifests. His life become your life. This message of the cross is the power of God. Not your own strength, not your own striving, but trusting in Him, in His life. That's the power of God for those who are being saved. That means in every situation, we are being saved. We need the message of the cross even for us today, daily, moment by moment. Now, so often we think about the cross, we think about the time we accept Jesus. Oh, we believe the cross of Jesus, you know. But now, we don't talk about the cross so much. But the truth is, we need to depend on His life and His power. So we need to embrace the cross life daily, moment by moment, in each situation, so that we are safe, you know, so that His power come forth in our life. And then to verse 30, verse 30, it is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. It's Him. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. He is our redemption. Okay. And then to verse 24, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So it's Christ we are depending on, on His life. And the cross life, experiencing the cross life, it is also a journey for us. Because we don't like the cross life, right? We will want to strive, we would want to preserve ourselves, we don't want to die. You know, the, 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 the self will want to preserve uh, himself. So it's, it's a journey, it's a journey into maturity. Because when we are mature, we will begin to see, we're able to see this way that God has planned for us. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 2, verse, we have read, uh, uh, no, verse 2, two verse 2. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I resolved to know nothing. And then verse 6 and 7. 6 and 7. For we, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Okay, so this message of the cross it's a message of wisdom among the mature. When we are mature, we realize, hey, it's not striving, but it's yielding, it's, it's denying ourselves, it's, it's taking up our cross, it's identifying with Jesus and allow His life to, to flow out from us. You know, that's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God, how we should live this life on this earth. So the mature, for the mature, it's not because they have behaved better. 
You know, it's not because their life has changed so much so they are mature. The mature are the people who know the message of wisdom from God. The message of the cross. The power of the cross. That's the mature. Okay, so let's take note of that. Because the one who who live better, they may be boasting about how much they have changed, how much you know they, they are doing and so on. You know, they're still immature. They're still depending on, on, on themselves. The mature are the one who recognize is Christ and Christ alone. Okay, so I mentioned that the flesh will always try hard to preserve, to strive. Let me just move on. Quickly, I just, I just mentioned to you this incident. We don't read uh, it. You know, Peter, when Jesus said he's going to the cross, and Peter immediately said, no, you must not go to the cross. This thing must not happen to you. You see? The flesh. Jesus said, you, you did not mind the things of God. You just minding things of men. So the flesh will always try and preserve, preserve self, self-interest. You know, instead of dying. It's not denying. But uh, we need to come to the point where we exchange our life with His life, where we uh, deny ourselves. So how does that take place? How does that take place? The downward path leading to the cross experience. Okay, we all started, as I say, we brought into our Christian life the worldly system. We try by our effort, try to get the, 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 the approval and the, the, the recognition from people based on our, our performance, our feedback, and so on. And uh, the flesh is a function of the soul, the part of our personality that strives to self-effort, to control our lives. Let me just read that if you want to write down. The flesh is a function of of the soul, the part of our personality that strives through self-effort to control our lives. One more time. The flesh is a function of the soul, the part of our personality that strives through self-effort to control our life. So you see, the flesh will try to perform, try by self-effort to do. Okay, but what does the Bible talk to us about the flesh? What do we know about the flesh? Romans 7, Romans 7 verse 18. Romans 7 verse 18. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my flesh, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, because it's sin living in me that does it. So you see the flesh inside, the Bible says there's nothing good. No good things dwell in the flesh. That's why you cannot change the flesh. 
You cannot try and change it because there's nothing good in it. That's why it got to die. Okay, that's the reason why the flesh got to die, not change. But we try to change it, but it's still self-effort, you know, it's still humanistic in approach. People who don't believe in Jesus, they also try by the self-effort, right, to change. And they, they can be very successful too. But it's still self-effort. So we try, we try, we try until it doesn't work. Okay? Until it doesn't work. And that's the time we enter into an insoluble crisis. Now, by my effort, by what I do, I can't. You know, I cannot. It's not working. That's the time we are willing to embrace the power of the cross. Look at Jacob. He depended on himself. And uh, even before that wrestling, that struggle with the angel of God, he was still depending on himself. You know, he's still trying to be smart, you know. Well, divide them into two groups, send people, uh, servants to keep pacifying his brother Esau. You see, he's still depending on that. But only when he struggled with the angel of God, when he, the angel touched him, when he just hang on, when he cannot fight anymore, he just hang on. That's the time he say, bless me. I just trust in you. Just you alone. Okay? You see, so, a lot of people, we are like that. We just keep trying, 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 trying. When it works, we just keep trying some more. We keep, keep trying some more until we realize, oh, it's not working. That's the time we decided to look to God. You know, we come to a dead end. So we look to God and say, God, you know, what do I do now? Okay? And that's why Paul is saying, he has tried, Paul himself, the Saul, you know, the apostle Paul, or so, in time past, he has tried so hard in his religion. Try, but it cannot work. Finally, he say, you know, I just know, I just want to know the righteousness that comes from Christ. It's Christ living in me. You know, it's not me, right? So he, he, he exchanges life when he comes to that crisis. So what happened is, in the beginning, we, we, we try to change. It seems our life is getting better. But then, the more we struggle, the more we try it just gets harder and harder and, and then we come to a point where, where we know it doesn't work anymore. You know, we keep trying. It doesn't work anymore. That's the time we say, no, that's it. Let's stop. Let's trust in God. Let's trust in Jesus. Let's come back to Jesus. So the moment we, we, we let go, the moment we deny ourselves, the moment we, 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 we consider ourselves dead in Christ, that's the time we experience the resurrection life of Jesus. And Jesus begins to, to, to take us, you know, and, and lead us up, you know, into an upward path of walking in faith, trusting in Him. Okay, so uh, this may come as a trial. This, this may come as a discipline uh, from the Lord, from God the Father in your life. Hebrews 12, verse 11, you know, it, it comes as a trial, a difficult time that you're going through, right? 
And that's why in James, when James say, when I go through difficult times, what do I do? James 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brother, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and so on, and, and, and uh, until it completes its work so that you lack nothing. Okay? I just shortened the verse for you. Right? So we consider it joy. Why? Because when we are facing the trials, a difficult time, that's the time, that's the opportunity when we can experience the exchange life. Every trials you go to, every difficulty you go to, is an opportunity for you to let go and let go. It's an opportunity for you to experience exchange life. Because why are we going to the trials? Because we're striving. Right? By our own self. And so when we let go, the life of God will manifest. And that's the time we experience exchange life. You see, the prodigal son, he has to hit rock bottom. Hit rock bottom, then only go up. He got to come to his senses. It doesn't mean that we have to hit rock bottom. You see, it depends on when you come to your senses. If you're smart, you come to your senses earlier, then you don't have to suffer so much. But you experience exchange life. You know, if you're hard nut, you know, you keep struggle and try and strive by your own way. Okay, you just keep going downward until you hit rock bottom when you come to your senses. Then the exchange life takes place. Okay, so it doesn't mean that we, go, we need to go hit rock bottom. You know, each one's bottom is different. Okay, so let's uh, be smart. Let's recognize what God is doing and quickly exchange our life for His life. Right? So the result of the cross experience, you know, it's a painful experience, no doubt. The cross is not only a place for suffering. The cross experience is also a place for the end of suffering. That's a good news. Cross is suffering, but then it's also the end of suffering. The cross doesn't end in a tomb. The cross, uh, the death on the cross doesn't end in a tomb. It resulted in resurrection life. So when we recognize and identify ourselves with the death of Jesus and with the resurrection of Jesus, we recognize this. This is how we live. That's the turning point in your personal history. That's the turning point in your personal life as a believer. Okay, so I want you to understand there is the difference between the cross of Jesus and the cross we are carrying. Because Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to carry your cross daily. So we are not carrying the cross of Jesus. We are carrying our cross daily. There is a difference. 
The cross of Jesus happened once. He died on the cross once. It's completed. It's done. He said, it is finished. The cross that we carry is a moment-by-moment experience. We make a mistake, you know, when we accept Jesus, we thought that's it, that, that, that moment. We die with Jesus, that's it. But our trouble is, after a while, we find that we are not dead. We are still struggling. We are still, you know, striving by our own effort. You see? Because the cross that we are carrying is a moment-by-moment cross experience. You have to deny yourself Moment by moment, when the opportunity you know, the, 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 comes, you have to learn to deny yourself and to take up your cross. So that's why, you know, don't question, oh, I'm not dead. You know, if I'm dead, how come I'm still doing all this thing? No, it's a moment by moment experience to experience the power of the cross for us. You know, the moment when we, 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 we deny ourselves, we enter into the reality of our faith experience. I want you to turn to uh, Romans 6. Romans 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slave to sin, because anyone who has died has been free from sin. You see? So when we deny ourselves, we experience the cross life, that's the time we experience the freedom from sin. That the Bible talks about that that Jesus has, has, has brought for us. We enter into the reality of our belief. We enter into the reality of the resurrection life. You know, because we believe in Jesus, we are resurrected. But how does it happen, you know? Let's look at it in Philippians. Three, how Paul talks about it in verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings because like, uh, become like, becoming like Him in His death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. So you say, you know, we say when we believe we have the resurrection life. But how does it happen? You know, when did you experience the resurrection life? When you are willing to walk moment by moment to experience the core crucifixion of Jesus. That's what Paul is saying here. Let me just read it again. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. So when we experience that moment by moment, self-deny, call crucifixion with Jesus, then we will attain the resurrection from the dead. 
the, the experience of the resurrection from the dead. And then we experience the reality of what Jesus, Jesus has done for us, you know, through that identification with Christ. Okay, so after we, we sort of uh, know that we are crucified with Jesus, we are uh, together raised with Jesus, we are totally identified with Jesus, we know this, you know, but from then on, we need to walk in obedience. We need to walk in obedience to God's command as He supplies the power. It is still our responsibility to walk, to obey Him. But now there is a difference. Now we consider ourselves dead to sin. Now we yield ourselves so that His life manifests. So it's Him living out through us. This whole process of denying ourselves, denying ourselves, experiences uh, the cross life, and then experience the resurrection life, this whole process is what we call sanctification. You know, Entering into the holiness that God has already uh, brought for us through Jesus Christ. Okay, Romans 6, verse 19. Romans 6, verse 19. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to everlasting wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. Okay? Leading to holiness. So the, 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 the journey into the holiness that God has brought for us is that we now offer ourselves to God, to serve God, right? And, and, and allow His life to flow through us. And verse 22, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Okay? So you enter into the holiness of God and then you enjoy the abundance of God's life in us. And through us. Okay. Uh, and of course, the, the destination, final destination is glorification. Okay? We, we enter into His holiness and we are glorified with Him together. So now we have a choice. Because we know we are set free from sin. Right? Every time temptation comes, we have a choice. We can identify with Jesus and consider ourselves dead to sin, consider ourselves called crucified with Jesus and receive His resurrection life, offer ourselves to Him, or we can choose to continue in our rebellions and, and walk in a way of sin. It's a choice. We are free, free to make a choice. It doesn't mean that when you are free in Christ, you do not sin. It means that you are free to make the choice. You don't have to. You don't have to. You can choose to obey Christ. You can choose to follow Christ. We can choose to follow Christ. But uh, we're given that choice. Okay? 
when we uh, walk after the flesh, we are returning to re- to depends on our own self uh, self effort again, rather than on Christ or, or on the Spirit, uh, in the Spirit. Let's see what uh, Romans six verse eleven says. Romans six. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. 7.17 As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Okay, so I need to count myself dead to sin. And chapter 8 verse 12 says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. But now we have an obligation to God to live according to the Spirit. Okay? So when we uh, we need to continue in Christ, we need to continue depending on the, on the Spirit, not depending on the flesh. When we depend on the flesh, again, we fall from God's grace. It doesn't mean that we lose our salvation, you know, but we, we, we fall from God's grace. We fall, uh, we we do not receive His power, you know, His strength to help us to live that life. So we're struggling by our own self. Okay, so I hope we can see that this journey of our spiritual life, when we started with Christ, the first few moments or months we really trusted in him and that's why we see tremendous uh, the, the life of christ living through us we see tremendous change taking place but it's the life of christ but after a while we begin to depend on ourselves because we fail is it you know we, we then we fail and fail then we realize hey now i got to put in my effort right instead of trusting in christ again now we, we work harder. You know, we try to, 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 to make ourselves better. So we, we trust in the flesh again. So we, we carry on in the flesh and uh, we go around in circle. We, we sort of seem to get better, but then we, we fall again. We seem to move on, but we, we fall again. So we go around in a wilderness experience until we come to a dead end where we realize it's no use. You know, we just can't. We just can't. Some of us, we, we, we know inside, but we just don't tell people. We're just going around in circle. We still carry on going to church, but it's, it's so tiring. It, you know, it, it's just so hard. It seems that it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to live this Christian life. You're right. It's impossible. And that's why we need to die. Okay, so we come to the dead end. We die. We say, Jesus, is you. You know, we go back to the, to the starting point again. You know, we're trusting in Him, Jesus. You know, you come, you know, it's you. So we trust in Him again. So we, we count ourselves dead. So we enter into the cross experience. We, we experience this resurrection life. But what we need to know, know now is that we need to live this moment by moment. Just keep trusting Him, keep trusting Him, keep trusting Him. So we keep experiencing His, His resurrection life in us. So His life shine forth through us. You know, as we deny ourselves, and that's a true Christ coming forth, and that's why people will believe. Okay, so that's the the the, the journey, uh, uh, the spiritual life that that most of us will go through. And uh, uh, so I trust that uh, we will understand, you know, how 
you know, to, to, to live in a godly system rather than in a counterfeit system because that's very tough. You know, that's why people experience Christianity being so tough, so difficult because they're living in a counterfeit system. But we want to enter in a God, godly system, trusting in Christ, building on that, that foundation that is Christ, rooted in Him and just continue in Him. And when we are totally one with Jesus, His life becomes our life. And... Uh, the way that we can manifest that life that is within us is for us to carry our cross daily, moment by moment, denying ourselves, tied to ourselves. And as we do that, then the resurrection life of Jesus will uh, manifest, will be manifest and uh, uh, flow out through us. Amen.